Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special year in review edition of the Diz Unplugged. Coming up, we'll have part one of your favorite moments from the past year. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 864 for the week of December 15th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our special year in review edition. This is part one. And we will have part two for you next week. I am your host, Pete Werner, and I am joined in the studio today by my good friend's associate producer, Rhino Clavin. And since, <laughs> we don't, since we're not set up for the wide yeah, shot, you will not see Craig Williams. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? And of course, our own Steve Porter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're actually recording this. Uh, we're actually recording this on Friday, December 11th. Um, and uh, in about an hour or so, we're going to be doing our final Freeform Friday of the year. Of course, if you want to go back and check that out, you can do that on our live stream channel, livestream.com. Uh, just look for the Diz, or just go to dizunplug.com and look for it there. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, we have never done this before. We have talked about doing it, but we've never done it before. Uh, but a few weeks back, Steve posted on the Diz Unplugged Facebook page and asked for your favorite moments of the year and uh, we compiled those not very scientifically i might add but compiled those and put together uh the top 10 moments that you said were your favorites or your most memorable for this year so we're going to do uh numbers 10 through 6 this week and then next week next week next week We'll have numbers five through one. And then on the 29th of December, a solo show done by me and me alone, hence the name Solo Show. That will be my most memorable moments of the year and the things I want to talk about that happened this year, including some things you may not have been aware of. That's the fun part about the solo shows. I get personal. Very dramatic. It is very dramatic. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta leave them. Uh, you gotta leave, leave some suspense. Yeah. So, all right, number ten on the list. Uh, you know, we've we had uh, two new, uh, two new members of the team join us this year. Rhino and Steve Porter uh, both came on. Uh, Rhino, you you started when? Uh, January, right, right at the beginning right of the, the year. Yeah, because we had our our meeting in uh, December before. I think the, it was November. Before the break. Yeah, I think November. I think it was maybe right after. It was the th- weekend of D twenty three. Yeah, D twenty three thing. Yeah. Um. So Rhino started with us in uh, in January, and uh, I met Steve at the Hershey meet in Pennsylvania in June, and uh, he came on board in September. Well, you're like lurking behind him like a stalker. He keeps like sliding from side to side. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, we try and be welcoming to new people, but uh, we also uh, tend to have a lot of fun at their expense. 
It's not really a hazing. It's not intentionally a hazing, but I guess in a way it is. So your number 10 favorite moment, one of your favorite moments, number 10 on our list for 2015, picking on the new kids. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, it, it, and it's it's it, she wants it's literally what you said. Visitors have long been warned to keep their arms and legs inside of ride vehicles at all times, but it still doesn't stop kids from jamming their hands down into a small world and the cart pushes against it. All right, all right. Thank you, Gino. Craig, what do you? Gross. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> You're gonna ruin his self esteem. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Rhino. <laughs> On to Craig. Okay, so uh, frozen <laughs> fever treats are coming to Disney parks. Um, you'll be able to find them. Fever. Fe- did I say fever? It did sounded I say like fever? it had a B in it. I said beaver. beaver. Frozen beaver. Frozen beaver. Frozen beaver <laughs> so if you're looking for frozen beaver treats, you can find oh. them at the oh. uh, marketplace oh. snacks, I'm sure. No. Uh, in, a, in an attempt to uh, really... Keeping in line with the man at Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're going to sell more crap with frozen on it. The little cup is cute. Oh, it's a cupcake. Is it, I is it collectible it or does that is that throw away? <laughs> Probably is collectible. <laughs> like a third of the stuff. It's loot crate. Loot crate is you you sign up. I do this, um, and you get like a T-shirt and a random little figure, and just it's just a themed month, and it sends you a fun little gift pack. A random figure of what? It, you don't know. Like this month's theme is unite, and so it's all about like superhero stuff. So I think I'm getting like a Power Ranger thing and like a T-shirt and like all this. It's just a random little. Everybody wants a gift every I, now and then. I, I want to start, even though I couldn't participate, I want to start a drinking game. Every time Rhino mentions either Power Rangers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, someone take a shot. Okay? You will be obliterated by the end of any given show. I'm going to start me. telling Rhino random crap from our house. For <laughs> he wants little gifts. Send him little gifts. We have so much. I mean, like, I could send him an extra potato peeler. <laughs> Put boxes together and call it close crap. <laughs> Rhino's cute. Don't pick on oh. him. He's sweet. Boy. I think Drano's wonderful. <laughs> Drano. <laughs> All right. Well, so please sign up for that if you're interested. Sunday is Tar and Feather Rhino. That's right. <laughs> Saturday night we're going to um, sacrifice Ryan. Yeah. Um, Ryan. Ryan. Rhino. Ryan. I'm sorry. That's not like a real name. <laughs> I know. Um, it's just like numbers. So it's like really. Scrabble. Saturday night there's going to be dinner followed by the podcast, auction, raffles, and other surprises. All right. Number nine on the list was definitely a highlight in my year. And that was our Disneyland 7 and 7. And I think of all the special events that we have done for this show, be it video or audio, nothing was quite as epic as our coverage out in Disneyland. And part of that was because we did something that we've never done before. And we worked directly with Disney, uh, with Walt Disney Travel, to produce that. That's not something we normally do. Normally, we kind of go in gorilla. But we were able to get access to things that we don't normally, would not normally get access to. 
uh, namely a lot of the suites that were in the hotels. Uh, they helped open up uh, some of the off-property hotels for us. Uh, it was really, uh, it was an exhausting week. Yeah. Because we were there for what, 10 days? Um, I think we were there for like 10 it was, days. It was over seven, yeah, because we got there the first day, but we we got there early morning, but we didn't have to do anything that day. And then I think we still had a day at the end. Too. But no one, no one was right at the end of this. So <clears throat> not only... You know, do we have to go out and we have to film all this stuff? And we're on our feet 10 to 12 hours a day doing that. Then we have to come home and we have to put it all together. And that in and of itself, that alone is is pretty epic. Uh, so we recorded all that stuff in March. And uh, it took uh, basically two months for us to put together all the content that we created for that. And of course it went up on the site, on the actual, uh, the, the official, well, I guess the official 60th anniversary was in July and I was out there for that, but this was the, you know, the first day the park was open, right? Was, was in May. Start of the, I can't, I can't cut to start of the 60th anniversary. So here is a look back at our number nine, at your number nine favorite moment or most memorable moment from 2015, the Disneyland 7 and 7. I want to talk about, since most of the people watching and listening are very familiar with our Magic Kingdom here in Orlando, I want to talk about some of the differences. that you will find out in out in Disneyland versus our Magic Kingdom. What's one of the first things that comes to mind in terms when I say what's different about Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom? What what would you say? For me, I, I you know, I, I like I like going there, but I don't like going comparing okay, their spaceship Earth I mean uh, their um Thunder Mountain versus ours, their Space Mountain versus ours. I like the different things. They have New Orleans Square. They have Toontown. We don't have that here. Um, you can actually go to Mickey's house there. You know, it's the things that we don't have that I, that I'm, you know, really love. But even you know, for me, one of the first things that come to my mind when I think about the difference, I think about Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Because mm-hmm. it is such an extraordinary difference mm-hmm. uh, f- between ours. It's a longer ride. Right. It's a more detailed ride. It's a different experience, especially because built into that attraction is. The Blue Bayou Restaurant, which I certainly have my feelings on, I we all do. Do not like that. Yeah. Is that. it still bad? I, I haven't. I haven't been oh. back. I, it, it's uneven. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not as polite as Michael. It's crap. If you're going to spend but, that money, go to yeah, Steakhouse Fifty Five. Steakhouse Fifty Five. Absolutely. He knew exactly what he wanted, and they recreated the 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 the, the, the town. Radiator Springs from that film so brilliantly. Uh, so much detail. There. So much detail. And just walking around it, it's like, wow, okay. And for me, it is one of those things, especially because it's new. It's in the last three years mm-hmm. that it opened. It's one of those things that say, yeah, Disney still has real game with this. Mm-hmm. Real game when they let their people do what their people are supposed to do. And they let them run loose. This is what you get. Yep. This is exactly what you get. I, uh, yeah, I love this. And then Will, of course, being 
Oh, I was in heaven. <laughs> the cars, the cars yeah. freak that he is. Yeah, I'm a huge car guy. I love the old classic cars, and this was, I mean, hands down, the best themed section of a, a theme park I've ever been in, without a doubt. He was cursed trying to get on the attraction, though. Yeah, it took me like five times to get on the, the racers. It, it kept broke breaking down. down. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> then they ran out of fast passes, of course, and all kinds of stuff. But he finally got on it. Yep, I did. He finally the last got on day. It. Yes. When you go into the Grand Californian, you, you'll notice how a lot of the pillars and everything are are large at the base, and then they sort of, they, uh, the people listening can't see me doing this, but then they swoop up and it becomes more narrow. All of the columns, the shape of the hotel itself, that's to reflect the shape of a tree. I like the, the over the check-in area where they had the, it was supposed to replicate a, a church wasn't it that right. the tree branches like actually curved and there was quite a few of them up there the fireplace right. does that right it's really big base and it gets smaller as it goes up. right exactly yeah and so so that was the that, that was the purpose of craftsmen to reflect the color and the nature and the materials from nature and so that that permeates through the whole hotel all of the- that breakfast at the pch grill is what you're talking about right and that was a phenomenal breakfast. So surf's up, surf's up yeah. breakfast with Pinky and Friends. Granddaughter and loved it. Not only, not only was the food very good, the character interaction, the characters themselves, I mean, just incredible. You had Stitch. We had, uh, you know, Surfer Mickey, I guess it was. Right. Lifeguard. Lifeguard Mickey. Yeah, like that. And I much prefer the Deestry out in Disneyland compared to ours back here. Ours is still very focused on Vinylmation. I mean, now they're getting into Star Wars and Marvel. But there's also specialty items out there like my awesome fedora that I oh, yeah. I purchased yeah. while I was out there. It looked really and good on you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I haven't oh worn gosh. it since. I forgot uh, and you had that. <laughs> yeah. And one place well, I God always... forbid he makes himself look nice. Yeah, you know. Number eight on our list... The Disney World 7 and 7. Now, we started doing these. uh, We kicked off the video version of the show back in February 2013 with our first 7 and 7. And we uh, never imagined, I never imagined it would become as popular as as it was. And again, now, these are things that are shot, have to be shot in advance and a lot of editing. Although I will say that our Disney World 7 and 7s were never as intensive in terms of work. Maybe because we're able to come home like I, afterwards. I, like those whoever's not staying at the hotel is able to come home and sleep in their own bed. But um, our Disney World 7, 7's, 7 and 7s have been very, very popular. And we always get asked, when are you doing the next one? And uh, we are doing a fresh take on that in the new year. And I will have more information on that on our January 5th show. But number eight on our list, the Disney World 7 and 7. But I have to say this. I fell in love with that villa we were in. The villas are updated now. Gorgeous. And they're great. Comfortable. Now, I, and I'm saying to myself, look at how you've decorated these. Why can't you carry that over to these these rooms in the non-DBC part of the hotel? Um, I would absolutely highly, highly, highly recommend, especially if you need the one or two bedroom units, because we had a two bedroom. Mm-hmm. And incredible. It was an <laughs> onslaught of food. It was like, if, if anybody's ever been to that 
been to that uh, Texas Day Brazil yeah. <laughs> where, you know, you feel like, I think Kevin put it, you feel like there should be like fast-paced music playing as they're putting the food down. Um, that's kind of what this was like. Yet, you know, and then like you said, then they just completely disappeared. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we were forgotten about. And I was like hunting down somebody just to get the check. So, you know, these are complaints I've heard about Ohana for years. It is touch and go. Generally, I love Ohana. I do. Um, yeah. Especially at dinner time. I think yeah. the food's really mm-hmm. good. The entertainment is excellent. Um, so breakfast, it's been hit or miss. Some, yeah. I've had breakfast there that have been fantastic. I've had others that have been like this. Going back to, I know Dustin and I laugh about it a lot, like the house meets the mouse with full house. This <laughs> yeah. is the one you saw throughout the 90s being in all these promotional materials. Anytime anyone from ABC television you ever know, came to Disney World, they stayed at the Grand Floridian. So that was what you saw growing up. So all of a sudden, I'm not on the same level as Danny Tanner where Bob Saget was. Of course, they were a oh, middle-class family with a party of like 13. I don't know how they afforded Grand Floridian. Well, I mean, you, you just think about it. You walk in and there's a grand piano there mm-hmm. with somebody playing, you know, um, elegant melodies with children dancing around in princess dresses and then they've got the whole orchestra up on a balcony yep. the shopping all around the lobby it's some of the best shopping it's of shopping any of there. the resorts yeah. yes exactly but it still can be you know all of the victorian touches yeah. to it it's just it looks very classy and you almost feel like you should be walking around with white gloves on but you know it's funny because you know taking photos at all these uh these resorts you know you walk into a, a gift shop and you take photos and Nobody really cares. You walk into these, and you're like, what are you doing? (laughs) Sorry, I'm just taking a photo. We did have breakfast at Cape May Cafe. And I got to be honest, this was another thing that kind of won me on the beach club. It it wasn't good. It was outstanding. Yes. And we were there late in the morning. So we were closing down the buffet. Normally, that's like the kiss of death at a Disney buffet because you're getting stuff that was, you know, not as fresh. Um, but everything that we ate there was fresh and delicious and creatively done. It wasn't just a lot of the same yeah. stuff you find in other buffets. I was going to say it was they, varied. This is my style of buffet. They yeah. had chorizo, scrambled eggs, no, which if I world. could eat 100 pounds of that, I would be happy. Um, I almost want to recuse myself um, at this point because, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, of all the Disney resorts, Old Key West for me holds the most emotional, uh, most emotional place in my heart. Especially in that you know these are play- uh, the only time I've ever had an experience with my entire family at Disney World was at Old Key West. Um, I have great memories of my parents. The first time I saw my parents holding hands. Um, Honestly, walking into Epcot, holding hands with each other, was on the trip that we stayed at Old Key West. Um, The experiences that we had there, the memories that were made there, for me, prevent me from looking at this resort and being able to criticize it. Mm -hmm. Everything that these guys have said is legitimate. Uh, But for me, because of those those memories, because of that, and this is where I become a fanboy, um, and... Because of those experiences, Old Key West for me is a perfect 10. Um, Not because I 
think it doesn't need to be updated or I think that Olivia's needs to be changed or the gurgling suitcase couldn't be improved or the parking at check-in, all of those things are true. But I carry with me these incredible, incredible memories. And so staying there that day, being there that day, every place I turned, I had a memory. I had a great memory. And at the end of the day, isn't that what this is all about? Oh, yeah. We drive ourselves crazy in the planning process because we want to make these great memories. We're doing it from a good place. But we can sit here and pick apart the carpet, the bedding, the food, and all of this other stuff. But at the end of the day, what really matters is what memories do we make? And during this particular week, I got to make new memories with people I care about very much, people I work with, people I love, people that are, from, in, in all respects, my family. So this has been a great experience. This was a great week. It was a busy week. It was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it in large measure because of the people that I get to do it with, which is the very reason that you are listening and watching right now because you are trying to plan or thinking about planning a vacation just like that for yourself. So I hope that in this 7 and 7 series, we've given you some perspective. Uh, Again, I say this with everything. Anytime we do any kind of overview or or review like this, this is a snapshot of a moment in time. You should not make a decision to buy or not buy, stay or not stay, based on anything that we say. This is just information for you to have as you make your plans, knowing your family and your needs and your wants when you vacation. You just factor that all in and make that decision yourself. Coming in at number seven on our list was probably, uh, even though I wasn't there, probably one of my proudest moments, certainly in the show, but maybe in the, the, the history of the site, watching the kind of coverage coming from our team during D23 out in California. Again, these guys were bloody <laughs> when they got back. And I know, Rhino, for you, that experience oh, was <laughs> was pretty special. Every time he talks about meeting Dick Van Dyke, he starts getting, <laughs> I thought starts getting verklempt. I thought it would be okay by now, but <laughs> when we talked about it on the show last week, I... <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, it was it was uh, it was something special. It was amazing. I don't. I won't even go into it again because I'm sure there's going to be some video of me crying in a second. So I don't want to go into it too much. But some some awesome coverage and a lot, of course, a lot of big news coming out of D23 this year. Uh, not the least of which was the announcement that Star Wars would be coming to Hollywood Studios, which we knew, which just hadn't been made official yet. And, of course, that uh, Toy Story Land would also be coming to Hollywood Studios. So here's a look back at our coverage from D23 in August of 2015. But uh, so far, the highlight of this morning, I think, in everyone's opinion, at least those who attended it, uh, would be the Disney Legends inductions and uh we had actually lucky enough to have michael in it as well as rhino and uh cory cory's not here to speak about it but well right now we have michael so michael i'm gonna throw it over to you so we'll settle for michael yeah we'll settle for okay. michael you know he's he's michael <laughs> oh well yeah, I'm, I'm not just beauty <laughs> there was a legend that was not announced 
And suddenly we start seeing all these clips for Pirates of the Caribbean and Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. And Johnny Depp is introduced by Bob Iger. And um, Bob Iger said that Johnny Depp redefined Pirates of the Caribbean for a whole new generation. And in fact, a Pirates of the Caribbean land is being developed at Shanghai Disneyland. Um, and then Johnny Depp came out saying, so I don't know why I'm here. I really don't. So typical Johnny Depp. But he said the only reason I am here is because of the fans. But he didn't like the word fans because it, it made you think that there's people on top and people on the bottom. So he prefers to refer to all of us as his employers. But he said seriously that he was really honored to be inducted as a Disney legend with the likes of all the other folks that were inducted today and before him and that he will treasure it and he hope and hopefully is th- hopes that this means he'll get to meet Mickey Mouse. <laughs> nice. And with that, that was the end of the Disney Legend Ceremony for 2015. I think it was one of the best. Lots of surprises and um, I think this is indicative of the surprises that we're going to get this whole weekend. Very oh. good. Never mind, JL. We're JL actually going to kick has you off. Just been kicked out of the building. Just for a few moments. Yeah. Sorry, but we have a uh, special guest coming in. So. So we were just talking about Charles Phoenix. Exactly. And who walks in? But a most gracious. Good afternoon. Are we on the air live? <laughs> we are live oh, yes, on the air. Live. live on the air. Live so on watch the, air. the watch the fancy footwork. There you go. Thank you. So <laughs> I guess Craig got to see you last night. I got to see you this morning. Hilarious. Thank you very much. So the Retro Disneyland slideshow. Yes, I love to look through the layers of time. One of my favorite ways to do that, besides mm-hmm. driving around is through other people's old Kodachrome slides, which I've been collecting, uh, you know, for like 25 years now from estate sales and flea markets and everything. And um, let's just get this out of the way. There we go. (laughs) And um, so I have this, uh, you know, a lot of different theme shows, but one of my favorite shows to do is the Retro Disneyland Slideshow. And one of my favorite favorite subjects to find in other people's old pictures Mm -hmm. Is of course, hello Disneyland. Yeah. Well, you, you grew up around Disney. Right? I did. Yeah. I grew up in Ontario, California. We used to go to Disneyland a million times a year. Well, I'm exaggerating, but you know how it is. And I've never lost the the mat. It's the magic right. has never been right. lost right. for right. me. Right. Right. You know, it just never went away. So I mean, not that it does, but you know, I mean, there are no guarantees in life. Hey everyone, we are live from the D23 Expo. This is day two. This is our first show for the morning, and we have a very, 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 very big announcement to make, and that was at the live action film panel that just wrapped up about half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago. They finally announced it, coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios and Disneyland Park. A brand new Star Wars expansion. Uh, We are very excited. So one can only hope Interventions is finally being knocked down. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, they're going to have something to do on their hands because this isn't just going to be a tiny, tiny little land. This is going to be the biggest expansion. 14 acres. 14 acres. The biggest expansion in Disney's history. I don't do. Michael, do you know what Cars Land is in terms of acreage offhand? Uh, offhand, I think it's like six, seven acres. Okay, oh, so wow. that just 
that's the scope that this place is going to be. And, and this is also going to push technology. This is going to be the most immersive mm-hmm. land, I mean, even beyond Avatar, and the most technologically advanced land that Disney has ever done. Oh, absolutely. And uh, for those of you who are wondering what place is it going to take in like, the Star Wars saga, where is it going to come in? Rhino, where is it coming into place? A brand new uh, land. And I thought that was a very interesting announcement to make. It was almost like we're going to create a whole new world that you can only visit and see by going to the park. So yes, and it's a... And all existing within canon. Yeah. I'm bring it back to the Dick Van Dyke thing. Like, there's, an, I say that there's a thing when you meet a celebrity and you have this thing where you're like, I can't believe I just met. Like Harrison Ford being in that room for us. But like, for me, like Dick Van Dyke is this like level of a person, a human being that will never exist again. And and like, I, I my mom has videotape of me in a diaper with a two by four in my hand and my making my brother be Mary and I am singing Jolly Holiday before I even really know how to talk and I'm reenacting the turtle scene and so I just was like talking to my mom the whole time and I'm like what do I say to him what do I say so I just said you know I went up and it wasn't even just he was very personal like he shook my hand and he he asked my name and I you know and I just said like I just want to say thank you for bringing. Uh, <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> I can't say it. Anyway, so we shook, we shook hands, and I, I hold my hand sometimes because it's like I'm still shaking hands with him, and I don't know. So the other stuff was really amazing, and then I just didn't expect to have such an experience like that on top of it. So I have to tell you, like, those panels were phenomenal. I thought they handled for such a large crowd, like us having that three-day ticket. I thought they handled everything so well. Being in a room with these celebrities, like, it just makes you feel so close to, like, you know, having gone to school for all that stuff. You're, like, your hand's kind of in it a little bit. It was just a a phenomenal, you know, phenomenal. Can I say that uh, with this show, I've gotten to see another side of you. Thanks. Well, I'm going to start crying when we're done. I like it. (laughs) I like it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And finally, number six on our list for this week was the show that we recorded at the Hershey Meet in Hershey, Pennsylvania back in June. The topic being the inclusiveness of Disney. Probably one of the more emotional shows that we've done. Certainly one of the more emotional shows. uh, I think the most emotional show we've done on the road, but I think it's got to be up in the the top three overall. And uh, that was the weekend that the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage. So for me and for some other members of the team, that was a pretty significant weekend. And that definitely uh, inspired me to make that the topic. Because one of the things, you know, there are many, many things I love about Disney. It's inclusiveness. It's attempts to lower barriers or remove barriers for all sorts of people is one of the things that make it so special. So we close out this first part of our best of 2015 with a look back at our show on the inclusiveness of Disney at the Hershey meet in June of 2015. So as I said in the opening, um, I was really struggling to come up with a topic uh, for the show today. And usually when that happens, usually when something doesn't come to me right away, it's because 
um, there's something I should be talking about that I haven't. And it dawned on me actually this morning as I'm walking out of the hotel room that, um, you know, regardless of where you are on the spectrum politically, and I'm not going to make this a political conversation. I'm not going to tolerate a political conversation. Let me put it to you that way. Regardless of where you are on the spectrum, it's undeniable yesterday was a historic day. It was a historic day. Um, in my lifetime, I never thought I would live to see gay marriage being legal. Um, never thought I'd say it. And, but it got me thinking. It got me thinking. And I had written this in an article many years ago um, about gay days. And I, I've made no secret of the fact that um, I'm not a big fan or a big supporter of gay days. I don't think it needs to be in the Magic Kingdom. I don't think that's the place, the place for a political agenda. And part of my argument about that was that as a gay man, I've experienced everything there is to do at Disney. Whether it's Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Olani, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, and I've done it all with my partner. And I have never for one moment in any of those experiences in the 20 plus years I have been visiting Disney World, never once ever did I feel excluded. Never once did I feel like I was on the outside or I was in a special class of people that had to be taken care of or paid attention to a certain way. I felt like I got the same experience and treatment as everyone else, that my relationship was accepted and not just accepted, but it was celebrated. That's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful feeling. We have talked often on the show about how Disney is a place where if you have a disability, a lot of barriers that exist in other places in the world don't exist there. I, I go back and talk often about my, our good friend Skip Potter, who has cerebral palsy, and lives his, li lives his life in a wheelchair. And one of the things he said to me that stayed with me was that Disney World is the only place I can go where I don't feel like I'm in a wheelchair. Because those barriers to entry are removed, because Disney goes further than the ADA requires them to. I hear stories all the time about people that have special needs or, or situations in their families. They go to Disney and they have this inclusive experience. And I like to keep these, these shows that we do on the road, I like to keep these positive. I like to try and keep these positive. And I thought, what a great topic to talk about, inclusiveness and how Disney has been doing it right for a very, very long time. And I don't think anybody who's experienced it can say otherwise, truly. We can certainly nitpick this, that, or the other thing. But generally speaking, especially to some of us, myself included, gotten spoiled. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast, but the first time I ever went to Disney was against my better judgment. You know, I didn't want to be there. And we were there because my mother had passed away and my husband had passed away. But once I sort of like loosened up a little bit, I realized that Disney was the perfect place to be because nobody knew that I didn't have a husband anymore. The kids didn't have a father. You know, cast members went out of their way to, to talk to us. And I'm there like, wow. Because when I lived in Pittsburgh and I was around friends and family, I could walk into a room 
and I could shut everything down because people would look at me and go, she's the widow. She, she can't, you know, we can't be having fun in front of her. And we got to go to Disney, and it was truly magical. We, we got to, you know, my kids got to be kids again. I got to see my kids. I, I got to see the weight lifted off their shoulders. It, it doesn't get any better than that. That's, that's what sold me on it. And then the first year that we lived in Orlando was the season of the four hurricanes. And, you know, I can remember sitting in the bathtub listening to the shingles blow off my roof. And the second hurricane came through, and it took a little more off. And by the fourth one, um, you know, I had buckets in every room. And Disney, you know, that, that company we love to hate sometimes, uh, stepped up and offered their cast members um, grant money to, you know, help towards the expenses of the hurricane. And so Disney gave us, like, $1,000 to, you know, and it's like they didn't have to do that. When my youngest Ellie, I'll give you a bit more detail this time. When my youngest Ellie was a year old, I got this phone call from her pediatrician that completely changed my life. Um, And I was told that at her recent checkup, uh, she was found to be lead toxic. So a long story short, that ended up, um, led me to finding out that all three of my children um, had heavy metal toxicity. Now that... um, has a, a multitude of problems that go along with that, but um, one of the things that it um, manifested for my family was in the area of the foods that they could eat. And Ellie, especially at the time, was highly allergic to a lot of things, had eczema that was so terrible that I was asked frequently if she was a burn victim when we were out in public. Um, just, just this weeping, oozing, flaky, awful uh, rash on her face. So. Um, I had my entire life changed at that point. Everything had to change. Um, the things that she was exposed to, the things that she ate, the toys that she played with. The reason for that was because uh, the treatments that she had to go through, I had to be very, very careful about what she came in contact with when she was going through those treatments. So um, food was especially difficult for us. She was allergic to eggs. She was allergic to soy. She was allergic to dairy. I mean, she was allergic to so many things. And I had to go through this very careful rotation between the few things that she was still able to eat. And I also had to make everything from scratch at, at home. Um, I mean, it was, it was hardcore. I was making my own yogurt, my own applesauce. If we needed spaghetti sauce, I was, you know, um, squishing the tomatoes myself. That meant that we didn't eat in a restaurant for over two years. Um, I was held hostage in my kitchen, and my family was home all the time. We didn't vacation. Um, sometime after two years, we decided to, or I decided to try to be brave and um, go take our family somewhere where we could vacation, but it was very scary for me. Um, The consequences of eating the wrong food could lead to something very bad for us. So we decided to go to Disney, and we we rented points for a Disney vacation um, club villa. The reason for that was because it came with a kitchen, which was essential for us. In doing that, in the planning, um, I I did contact the special dietary... um, department so that I could find out about what was available kiosk-wise in the park and what the rules were. Primarily, I wanted to be able to bring 
our own food in, and I was wondering if there was a place where I could um, leave the food items that I brought in somewhere where they could be kept for us, and then we could retrieve them. In that, they tried to um, convince me, well, you're not allowed to bring in your own food that way. We can't store food for you, but we would love for you to eat in one of our restaurants. And I was like, hold the phone. (laughs) No, that's not going to happen. Nobody else can feed my children except for me because this is really, really critical. They, um, the woman, this was a really stressful trip for me. I was only even willing to go to one park. I was like, we're only spending one day in a park. That's it. We're not going anywhere else. We're going to be in this villa and we go to a park on one day. And that's all that like I could imagine in my mind us, you know, being able to handle. So we, um, we decided to go to Hollywood studios. I'm not sure why, please don't question that decision. Um, (laughs) But we did, and in there, the lady at the, the dietary department, she was like, I want to put you in touch with Chef Patrick at the Hollywood Brown Derby. Um, I think that he'd be really great and would take extra special care of your family. And I was like, well, I suppose if you really want me to talk to this person, I can, but I'm not eating there. I'm not eating with anybody else feeding my children. Anyway, so this man, um, I thought that I was going to get, you know, hear from an email or a phone call maybe like, you know, in a week or two. Within 10 minutes, I got a phone call. And it was Chef Patrick, and um, he asked me, you know, what our situation is and what kinds of uh, foods she couldn't have. And I was like, well, the list would be much shorter if I tell you what foods she can have. So um, in that, it started this uh, beautiful relationship over the next couple months of vacation planning between me and this chef where he, he actually begged me, please come to my restaurant. I want to feed your family. Oh, gosh, I've been around Teresa too much. Um, (laughs) So I decided to trust him, and um, he would get in touch with me, like I said, regularly over the next couple months, checking up on my kids daily. I mean, not daily, regularly, um, to see, you know, how our progress had been coming, if they... um, were making any progress where there were other foods that he could include in the meals. The, the amount of care that we were given, I was blown away. This is the reason why I'm not sure how many people in the room deal with uh, dietary restrictions, but I think it's frequently overlooked that people that do are excluded in so many ways. Even when we were at home, um, it was extremely difficult because we couldn't even go to simple things like birthday parties. Um, or, you know, there just, there was not, um, not stuff available there for my kids, or um, even if somebody did provide something, an option for my children there, um, eyes were often rolled, and, you know, you just felt discriminated against. Um, it can be, depending on how difficult the restrictions are, it can be a very isolating experience, uh, not just physically, but also emotionally. And um, so for Disney to reach out like that, for this man to tell me, I want to feed your family. Gosh, why am I crying like this? Um, I cried all the time. <laughs> you cried it all out ahead of time. Um, it meant the world to me. And after that vacation, I knew we were going to go back every year. Um, so we bought into Disney Vacation Club after that. It was no, no more point renting points. We're just always going there. But it was, it was that Disney experience where we were able to go and be able to vacation like everyone else. And I'm not, not entirely confident I would have been able to find that same experience anywhere other than Disney.
can I say one more thing before we wrap up? No. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I just want to, you're talking about inclusion and things. Um, as I look out around the room, I know I said this to a lot of people last night, but when I first moved to Florida, I didn't know anybody there. And, you know, through the Diz and through, you know, the podcast and Give Kids the World, I now have friends because of their love of Disney all around the world. And Pete paid it, plays a very big part in that because if it wasn't for the Diz, I wouldn't know any of you in this room and all the events that I go to. And I says, like, when you read that there's something that's happened in Australia, you know, I think of certain people. We have friends in the Netherlands, you know. I have friends all over the world now. And why is that? Because we all share a love of Disney. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I never, ever, ever thought when I moved to Florida that I would be in this community of people. And along with this community, what we've accomplished for Give Kids the World to make Disney a better place, isn't it pretty awesome when you include people, like-minded people, what you can accomplish? Amen. You know, I'm uh, just as Kathy was as Kathy was talking. I was thinking about uh, when you know what it's like to feel excluded for whatever reason. You appreciate the feeling of inclusion so much more. As someone who grew up in the 70s and came of age in the 80s, uh, who was bullied and picked on and chastised and uh, ostracized um, as a kid, especially for those of us who can relate to that, you know it stays with you. It stays with you. I tell the story all the time, you know, and if you think my drug addiction and my alcohol addiction isn't related to that, you're crazy. Absolutely it's related to that. It wasn't the cause of it, but it sure was the one of the ways I medicated those feelings. And I've told the story before my first time going to Disney, right after I had gotten sober the first time. That sense of this is what I did drugs to feel like. This was a place I could come. have those experiences <clears throat> and that feeling and not be self-destructive and not feel ostracized and not feel bullied not feel different then the biggest hardest part of doing this show for us was the concept, the thought of putting ourselves out there. We were terrified. Terrified. Because it's scary. It's the internet. We're not hiding behind screen names. It's our names and our voices and now our faces. And to find people that connect with you, accept you, love you, never met you 
It's an experience I hope you all get to have. And it's an experience I get to have. <sighs> Sorry. No, I'm good. It's an experience I get to have every time I get to walk into a room like this. And for that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right. Well, that will do it for the first part of our look back at 2015. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with part two. So until then, everyone, thanks for joining us. And remember, Merry Christmas.